0: There are certain things that for many riders seem very complicated and very fancy and maybe a little bit too complicated and fancy for themselves and their humble horses. And the canter to walk transition is one of those things. Now, I am not saying this is an easy transition by any means. However, I do think that if you put the time in, you put the work in, you're consistent, you are focused and dedicated, you can actually begin to use this transition. And the great thing is, that this transition can lead to so much more. Okay, let's dive into introducing the canter to walk to your horse today. Hey there and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast. My name is Lorna Leeson. I'm an equestrian coach and trainer, and I love working with riders who maybe for whatever reason, don't have a trainer with them all the time so that they can actually get unstuck and start to have better outcomes when it comes to their individual rides with their horses. Okay, so let's dive into today. And today, as I said, it's a big topic, canter to walk. It wouldn't be something that you'd every day see your horse doing in the field when he's hanging out, chilling with his buddies. Well, I've never seen it anyway, I don't know if you have, but like a horse going from this lovely balanced rhythmic canter into a beautiful light rhythmic walk all by himself in the field, probably not something you're gonna see every day. And in all my years of being with horses, I've never seen it. So it stands to reason that when we're teaching this to our horse, we have to have patience. It is going to require a certain level of coordination from him, a certain level of understanding, a certain level of strength. Like he has to be able to carry a little bit more now in the back end so as he can step down into the walk. And also a certain level of trust, OK? When your horse is doing something that he's never done before, he has to trust you that he can do it. And you can borrow that to him. You can loan it. You can say, there you go buddy. I believe you can do it but before you do any of that you do have to have a couple of things in place and I think that this is really important it's something that we can often overlook for our horses and that's where I want to start today so first and foremost I want you to think about the fact that the very first time you're going to try this with your horse okay and the first few times and first few times meaning this could be for a month or that okay It might not be exactly as you want it. It might feel a little, I don't know, sticky, maybe a little heavy, could feel a little wobbly okay but it's probably not going to be the best transition you've ever ridden in your life it's going to take time to develop that and how you can begin developing it today is by beginning to work on the half halt in the canter now the half halt I know for many riders it can be a little bit misunderstood and a little bit tricky and I think what's important to remember at the half halt is it's something that's always evolving between you and your horse and between you and all the different horses you ride you're probably never going to ride two half halts that are the exact same as each other. There's always this balance that has to happen. And you as a rider, the more you focus on working on your half hold the better you will be at intuitively knowing what to do with each half halt as you ride it, okay? And if you're totally lost, run over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash halt. I'll put an episode or a link to it here in the show notes as well. Um, And there's a free half halt training that you can use while you ride, a free audio horse riding lesson for you to use there on the half halt. But yeah, let's talk about the half halt and canter, okay? So first and foremost, we've mentioned it a lot this whole concept of being independent, having independent seat and aids, it's important for the half halt, but so too is being able to identify where you are in the stride, like what's happening underneath you at any given point. And what I would suggest is start with finding one, okay? So each counter stride has a one, two, three, and then there's like a fourth part, the roll, the reset, the like everything traveling back underneath again, getting ready to step through, okay? So it's one, two, three, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay? So it's important to be able to identify that. If you can find one, okay... You know where the rest is, it's like it all follows suit, eh? But it's important to be able to identify one because one is a great place to half halt. One or just before one, so when you're kind of on that roll back, when things are resetting, everything resetting back, is a good place to half halt, <laughs> okay? It's kind of like this strong place where, like, your horse puts his outside foot in the ground and you can, it's almost like, you know, like you stake a, a flag, like you'd claim it. There we go, okay? It's a good place to half-halt, okay? But what's also important is that we have to then allow for the two. So one, two, three, roll, okay? The two, I find, can be where the half-halt can get us into trouble. If we're not able to release the half halt, and to allow, it ends up getting sticky. The horse looks like kind of gets stuck in the mud. Have you seen that? I'm sure you have. Or I'm sure you've felt it. you probably felt it before. Not a very nice thing, okay? So it is important to be able to give with that as well. So that is where I'm going to suggest that you begin starting your work as you prepare your horse for the counter to walk transition is focusing on the half halt, okay? Right, from there, you can then begin having a little game with yourself by seeing how much adjusting you could do within the canter itself. Now, if we talk about stride length, okay, your horse has this stride length that probably you and him feel comfortable with inside of the canter. Brilliant. Stick with that. That's middle, okay? That is where you're going to go. It's like neutral, okay? And that's a good place to understand. It's a good place to define. It's a good place to know. Because when you ask your horse to lengthen, you will then be able to tell Okay, no, we are a little bit longer. And remember, a little bit longer can be just two inches, okay? I think sometimes we expect too much. We expect like this miraculous night and day difference between like our normal stride and our lengthened stride. Your horse can make it to that. But remember, that takes a whole lot of time because what you'll probably find is that When you begin to lengthen, and I would suggest doing that first before going to the shortening, the lengthening can often feel easier, okay, it's more achievable. But when you're doing it, you might find that the first two strides of lengthening, it feels good, and then things can start to feel really flat really quickly okay and that's where then you can see that there's a strength element we have to develop further but that's good now you know where the work is okay so once you can begin to do that you can then begin to shorten which just means you're covering less ground and again I think people can overthink it they think that it must be like you must go from like having these lovely kind of free flowing strides to this kind of hopping on the spot okay no (laughs) no No, 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 okay? Really important that you are realistic about what is longer and what is shorter and what your horse can do right now. But when you are riding the shortening, okay, you have to be in self-carriage, you, because your horse will have to be as well. But remember, you're gonna model it to your horse. That's really important. But I cannot stress it enough how important it is, okay? So, and I think that just before we go on to the next point, It's also important to come back to this whole independent seat and aids because you will be using that to explain to your horse or to ask questions to your horse. There can be a real tendency to become too dependent on the rein aids, particularly for the shortening, okay? And I'm going to just kind of warn you here to be aware of that and to rather use your other aids and realize that it's probably not going to be perfect first time, just like the canter to walk transition itself. It's going to take time and it's going to take development. Okay, so once you kind of feel like, yeah, I think I think we're doing like a little bit shorter and we're doing a little bit longer, congratulations, because now you've started to work a little bit with collection inside of the canter. And this is actually needed for the canter to walk transition. Now, is it going to be easy? Now, we've said this all along. This is a little bit of a tricky one, and it's something that takes time, okay? But you can test how well you and your horse are doing by just simply offering, okay? You could offer the inside rein. Can your horse hold? Does he flatten? What happens? as you grab it? Are you holding it all together? Are you pulling his head in? Are you maybe being a bit over-dependent on the reins? But you could offer the inside rein, see what happens, and then you can begin to kind of focus then your work a little bit more. Now, it is important to understand that when we talk Collection and particularly inside of the canter does not mean that we're slowing down okay um i do think sometimes <laughs> we can we can get confused between slowing down and collection so we want the energy we want the forwardness it'll just feel like things are going a bit up instead of out okay it's a more of an uppie feeling than an outy feeling okay so it's really important to understand that as well and if you're trying to like hang on the reins and pull your horse's head into his chest some way in order to achieve this that's not collection okay really really important okay so from there let's now begin to turn our kind of attention towards the actual canter to walk transition so Your horse has to be light and balanced, okay? And he has to have enough strength in his hindquarters to really kind of step them under him and to carry a little bit more weight there. Otherwise, you're going to have this very um, heavy, it'll feel like almost like a snowball rolling down a hill, kind of a feeling towards or to your transition from the canter to the walk. And you don't want that. You want it to like be more like a... A swan landing on a lake, okay? It's kind of like he comes, he's flying, he's going great, and then he just steps into the water, okay? Really, really important, okay? Now, in order to achieve this, we need to work on timing. So, starting off again with the half halt, that is the place to start all this work with the timing. Now, I think with the half halt, when you become more experienced with it and more... If you want, like, coordinated with it, with your horse, you can begin then to play with the timing for this actual transition, okay? For many people, asking in the roll motion or the part four of the canter stride, the one, two, three, like, one, two, three, roll. One, two, three, roll roll or reset whatever okay the suspension okay the bit where the bit where there's no legs on the ground okay when you're asking there you're allowing your horse then to use the one to step into the canter. okay but sometimes that can cause us to hang on a little bit and because we don't allow then we kind of we reset but then we stay stuck in the reset it can make things feel jerky as well. So it is going to be important to really and truly focus on this in your riding, okay? And focus that you're not becoming heavy in it, okay? And then once you can then, as we said, you can kind of, if you want to almost treat the canter a bit like an accordion with regards to your horse's stride, okay? And being able to do that, you are then going to have much more success with this. And what I would do is from there begin working on the transitions from canter to trot and see how light and developed you can get those and I know so many people are like oh dear canter to trot transition (laughs) it's a toughie as well isn't it um but you know what it's a good thing to work on it's something that when you're thinking about it you can think about the responsiveness the straightness the lightness, if you notice any buckling or speed wobbles on your horse or your part, you know where to focus your time, you know that there maybe is a lack of strength, things need to be developed there further, and also that there's this lightness going through it, okay? What I would suggest is, as you're doing this, focus on a set number of strides. So, for example, um, I'm going to transition from canter to trot here at A, let's say, and I'm going to do five strides of trot, and then I'll transition into walk, okay? And practice that until you can get that feeling really nice and really light. And then just start making the walk strides less and less, like as for four, Okay, I've got that. We can do that. And it still feels good and it feels nice and it feels light. Okay, look, we've got three. And obviously now you're, you're kind of playing with your transitions into the canter as well at this point. You're maybe doing some uh, trot to canter and some walk to canter as well. You're, you're playing with it all and you're working on the responsiveness. You guys are just fine-tuning everything, okay? So from there, it's just a matter of really and truly asking your horse to then step into the walk from the canter once you've got it to the point where the two of you are maybe able to do two or three strides of walk or three strides of trot and then the walk and you're going to play a big part of this okay with your seat and you're also going to make sure that you know there's a certain momentum in the canter and if you're not aware of it (laughs) And you're not prepared for the, I wouldn't say a sudden stop because it's not a sudden stop, but hey, it's pretty close to one. Um, if you're not prepared for that kind of shift in momentum as you go from canter to the walk you can actually get a little bit ahead of the movement you can kind of fall up front you can collapse and what that's going to do is obviously off balance everything so it's important that you're really and truly carrying yourself your chest is open your hips are able to work kind of independent or unhindered by your upper body collapsing on it okay so it's all everything's nicely carried okay and you're going to then just kind of pay attention to the rhythm of the canter canter Canter. I sometimes think that that really helps. Just saying that out loud. Canter. 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 Okay, it's going to help you there. And what I would suggest doing is maybe using a smaller circle, where as you're then coming back to the track. Okay, and assuming that your arena has some sort of a, a boundary, fence, railings. Post something some sort of a boundary like the edge of the arena you can use that artificial aid which is what it is okay you can use that to help get your natural aids across now if you coupled your seat stopping moving with the canter okay so no more swinging forward okay with your horse and you rather focus your seat to say walk Think about the walk. The walk feels different to the canter, okay? So if you can focus your seat to do that, if you could use your voice, and even if you don't enjoy using your voice um, to ride your horse and when you're riding your horse, use it for this. Your horse understands it. Like say, and walk, or steady, and walk, whatever it is, okay? Say something that suggests to your horse a shift in things, okay? And then couple that with kind of focusing on this if you want this connection between your seat and your hands, where as your seat changes to walk, your hands can change to walk too. So you're not now pulling the horse, but you are saying, listen, it's changing. There's a definite change going on here. And then continuing to carry yourself, continuing to keep things light, you just ask your horse to step down into it, okay? Now, it's probably not the easiest thing to do, and again, to be able to first time round get there with no little strides of trot in between? That's a toughie, hey? But with practice, with correct and consistent practice, you and your horse can probably manage this sooner than you would think and probably more balanced than you would think as well. Okay, I'm gonna leave it at that for today. This was a longer episode than usual. Um, if you want to go step-by-step through this, I know I've, I've said a lot, but like, hey, it's not the easiest subject in the world. Um, if you wanna go more into it, you're gonna to have to come over and join me inside of Connection, because this month, September 2022, we are actually focusing all on this. Now, we're using this exercise to get to somewhere else, okay? But this is a really, really good exercise to begin working with. And again, even if you only plan on actually riding a canter to walk, maybe at Christmas or in January, in the new year. Again, we're in September as I'm recording this. But like, it doesn't have to be something that you're gonna do this week. But the, the, if you want, I want to say the work, it is the work. The preparation, that's a better word, the preparation that you put into it now, okay, and that you begin working on, the exercises you're using, that is gonna really and truly help your horse going forward um, for so many things. And again, we are using it as kind of a way to bridge into something else and um, which is quite exciting but yeah if you want to do more come over and join us it's stridesforsuccess.com forward slash connection okay I'm going to leave it at that have a great day keep well and remember the link to that free half halt training it's in the show notes or you can go to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash halt okay have a good one I'll chat to you soon be good bye